Hey, Top Hat listeners, we're looking to get some sponsors for the show. So if you want to help us out, go to surveymonkey.com slash S slash Kissel. That's surveymonkey.com slash S slash Kissel. Fill out a quick survey. Really helps us out. Thank you very much. Now on with the show. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. That's good. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Marcus Parks. Thanks for being here, Marcus. Uh, Thanks for coming, Ben. I guess we both did it. (laughs) I was walking through. I was going to go up. I was going to record a show uh, at Embassy Row with Saman Arbabi. And I uh, went to give my ID to the security guard working the... um, you know, work in the desk there. And I got uh, a bit of reverse racisted. Oh. I got racisted. <laughs> you got racisted? I was racisted. Oh. But it was a positive racism, and it was very confusing for me, right? Because the guy was complaining. He has some, I don't know, wife or child, some mistake. Okay. He, had, he has some mistake that he's upset with in life. Right. And then he said, how you doing? And I said, I'm all right, you know. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I wish I was you. I wish I was born with a silver spoon. And I was like, what the fuck are you even talking about? You make more money than I do. I'm a first generation. My dad's an immigrant truck truck driver. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's a lot. There's not a silver spoon involved there. I don't think so. And when I look at you, my first thought isn't silver spoon. My no, I'm thinking tombstone frozen pizza. <laughs> you can't even eat tombstone frozen pizza with the spoon. I never had anything that I needed utensils to eat until I was 25 years old. I mean, it was just—it's ridiculous. The uh, there's a lot of racism out there. Yeah, you know, obviously the news media loves to cover stories when a uh, when the narrative of a uh, uh, of a white a white person you know kills a black person. That's a very big narrative right now. And there was recently a situation here in New York City that occurred very similar to this case from the early '90s. Marcus, what's it called? Bernie Getz. Bernie Getz. And uh, Bernie got his revenge on these individuals who were trying to rob him on the subway. He shot him with a Magnum 45 or something like this, Charles Bronson style. And then he ended up getting acquitted for murder. There was a fellow who's a former corrections officer. I believe he's in his late 60s. He was on the Ford train this past week. And a group of hooligans came up to him. And they started roughing him up a little bit. And they were punching him. And they said, you're a little bitch. And then he's like, I'm not a bitch. I'm a former corrections officer. He ended up shooting them as well. Now, this story in itself is pretty badass. It's a pretty dope story. New York City crime back up to where it was in the early 90s. De Blasio sleeping through the whole thing. The headlines are all right there for you. But the reason it wasn't picked up by the national mainstream media is because the um, the ethnic makeup uh, of the uh, people involved were not... Um, we're not marketable. Yeah. And that's oh, really yeah. what it comes down to. Everyone involved was black, although they said that one of them appeared to be Hispanic. Right. The, the gunman appeared to be Hispanic. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. His name, uh, the gunman, uh, the man that was slain, his name was Gilbert Drogo. Oh, he killed Drogo? Or Drogheo, I think it, oh. it would be. Yeah, Drogheo. But yeah, then we don't have a name as far as the 69-year-old retired correctional officer goes. That's right. Well, he's just living off that pension, loving life. I would never mess with a former corrections officer. Officer. Hmm. They're insane sadists. <laughs> they are people that have gotten away with doing the worst things to other members of humanity, and nobody has called them out for it. As a matter of fact, they probably got a raise. Mm-hmm. So I would not mess with a former uh, corrections officer whatsoever because they just look at the world like everyone is 
future punching bags. Yeah, that's short all, fuse. Very short fuse. Yeah. I mean, these are men that are used to having to uh, react to any sort of aggression with immediate escalated aggression. Right. I mean, basically, corrections officers get to live the life of a waiter, but they also get to uh, act on the emotions that waiters feel when they are waiting on a bad customer. Mm-hmm. Because all you do if you're in corrections is, time for breakfast, here's your tray. <laughs> you basically just give people trays of food. That is terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, you give them their carb loaf, the carbohydrate loaf, which does sound kind of good. Yeah. Put some gravy on it. That's what I always say. Put a little gravy on anything and it makes it taste fairly good. And it's good to eat with a silver spoon. <laughs> So corrections officers are just glorified waiters. The people that they are waiting on are, uh, for the most part, felons and uh, you know que- who have done questionable things in the past. Mm. And but then when the person that they are waiting on acts up, unlike a waiter who has to go into the back room, smoke a cigarette next to the chef's corner, uh, the security guards, corrections officers, they get to pull the person from their cell and brutally beat them. <laughs> Just outside of camera sight. So what I am saying is, do not mess with do not mess with former corrections officers because they have no sense of getting in trouble for physically harming somebody else. Oh, that has been burned out. Oh yeah, they don't care. Yeah, a lot actually. I'd say a lot has been burned out of corrections officers. They've but seen it all, especially retired ones made it to all the way to the end of the career. Mm. Woo, maybe someone that did it for like five six years, totally fine. But man, if you made a career out of being a corrections officer. That's not the uh, that's not the life uh, for me. And when I say corrections officers have seen it all, they've really seen five things. They've seen stabbings. They've seen (laughs) they've seen shootings. They've seen dookie on the walls Mm. and they've been covered in somebody else's urine. Yes, that was definitely a felon's urine, a prisoner's pee pee. And then what's the fifth thing they constantly see? Mm, Mm. Men going from, I don't know, men realizing their own sexuality. <laughs> so yeah. We had that whole thing with Ben Carson recently saying that uh, prison is proof that gay is a choice. It's like, right. no, prison is proof that a man, when faced with the opportunity to blossom into the sexual being that he was always supposed to be, mm-hmm. he will take it. Right. So and he will find love. Some people go to uh, to a um, to a, a rustic resort, <laughs> you know, to find out who they are sexually to to bring some new life into their uh, into their love life. And uh, other people just go to prison, yeah, and um, and they find out that they cannot get enough <laughs> of being violently raped with nobody caring. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, all right. Well, speaking of people who should be in prison, Vladimir Putin's missing. Where is he? Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? We still do not know. <laughs> and now Putin and Carmen Sandiego are in the exact same situation. Nobody knows where they are. Everybody is guessing. Obviously, this is on the heels of what's happening, uh, of what happened to his. Uh, his big opponent Boris, who was murdered on the side, of, uh, you know, right outside the Kremlin, and um, I think we talked about it on the last episode. What happened yeah. with the slow moving? It was just beautiful, orchestrated amazingly. Boris was was with his girlfriend at the time. She left the country. Yeah, yeah, she had to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so she's yeah. out of there. And now, um, of course, Putin, who has a uh, who has a child, a new, he's a new father of a baby girl from his beautiful uh, model, thirty one year old. I'm going to call her a beard. 
<laughs> you think, the, uh, Putin, you think is, so? Putin has been to prison, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> prison uh, prison formed Putin's sexual identity. Okay. I okay. guarantee you this. Right. Putin has Putin is one of these guys. You know, I watched that show House of Cards. Everybody in power, they do very sexually deviant things. Frank Underwood and Claire Underwood are no different. Mm-hmm. And Putin, I guarantee you, that man has he has a trough. In his room. <laughs> a trough? And it is full of liquid. <laughs> but that liquid is not water, nor is it Gatorade, nor is it any sort of iced coffee. I think he swings any which way he feels like on any particular day. I totally agree with you on that. So, but now, he's swung out of town. He's nowhere to be found. A full week has gone by. We're in the middle of a, of a, uh, of a war, of a proxy war against the United States. And there's a lot of different theories swirling around about uh, about Putin's whereabouts. Yeah, there are a couple of different reports that we've gotten within the last day, but these reports are unconfirmed. They're from They're sources. Russian. They're all unconfirmed. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're definitely from sources, and they are from right. Russian sources. One of them says that Putin has the flu, oh. and he has been recuperating in his secret compound outside of St. Petersburg for the mm-hmm. last few days. Another one says that he's being treated in Moscow for severe back pain. Okay. Uh, and that's pretty much all we have as far as sources coming out and saying that, yes, Putin is still out there. He's still doing something. These are just health problems that he's dealing with. The third one mm-hmm. uh, that seems a little less likely is that he's in Sweden attending the birth of a love child. Well, that would be the child that we're d- uh, discussing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that baby is out there. The baby was born. People said Putin was not there. Yeah. Putin, and so he is a bad father. <laughs> Fatherhood is about being there for the child, Vlad. It's not just about putting your seed inside of some random woman. Fatherhood is more than that. Mm -hmm. Think about that, Mr. Putin. It makes sense he has a bad back. He's constantly doing those. uh, He's on that horse. And he's riding it shirtless. And he looks amazing when he does it. But you you know what a horse doesn't have? Good lumbar support. (laughs) And that's really, I need, if evolution was real, and I'm saying it's not, (laughs) For the for the for this point alone, horses would have good lumbar support. How many hundreds of years have humans ridden the horse, and at no point did the horse think to genetically develop something for our lumbar? Oh, you mean you know what horses? I'm sick of you. You mean you, they didn't grow a uh, fucking seat back? That's correct. And why didn't they? Because evolution isn't real. I'm voting for Ben Carson. You heard it here first, folks. Your understanding of science is woefully flawed. Yeah, I mean, there's some mistakes with it, but that's okay. If you look at how the horse doesn't have lumbar support, you would have to say creationism is the only truth. Yeah, you're using the banana argument. What? I don't even know what the banana... You've never heard the banana argument? Oh, yeah, because it peels so perfectly, that's why. Because it peels, it fits inside of the human hand right. so well. Well, in all honesty... Honesty, for those that don't believe in the Big Bang Theory, which it is just a theory and a very funny car- a very funny television show that everyone's laughing at. <laughs> they can't get enough of that Big Bang Theory television program. If you want proof that it's possible, go back to watching when Randy Johnson, the big unit, the greatest pitcher possibly of all time in baseball, at least in the top five, and no one's arguing with that, hit a bird with a fastball, and the bird 
literally disappeared. Yeah. It was like if you, <laughs> people talk about how Sasquatch might be a shapeshifter who goes in from uh, different uh, time dimensions mm-hmm. and he just disappears. That's what happened to that bird. Yeah. It is possible the bird is just in the outer limits somewhere, <laughs> hanging out with the individuals from, uh, you know, from Quantum Leap, hanging out with that cat. Ziggy? Yeah, it was Ziggy. I mean, who knows what happened to that bird? Go back, YouTube, big unit, Randy Johnson hits a bird. Tell me if you find evidence of a bird. <laughs> it is gone. It, there is one feather as if a uh, as if uh, you know a cartoon cat ate Tweety Bird and he burped up one feather. That's all that happened. But a, a, a cartoon cat didn't eat the bird. A baseball hit the bird and it disappeared it. I don't even know what... The, that's what Putin did to Boris is what is what Randy Johnson did to that bird, made it disappear. The only difference is we can find Randy Johnson. We know where he is. He's signing autographs for a very, very high price, but Putin's out of the world at this point. And I cannot remember a time where Putin wasn't front and center. This is the first... Because a man with that kind of ego loves to be the face of his administration, loves to be the face of Mavarasha, and he also uh, loves the uh, media attention that it gets. So... Mm-hmm. Even with the bad back, you know, I'm not sure if that would leave him out of the limelight. Although, these people are also egomaniacs. And we had with Kim Jong-un when he had the bad case of the gout, or mm-hmm. his ankle was all swollen because he's a big, fat, cheese-eating fuckhead. <laughs> he was nowhere to be found because they also don't want appear, uh, to appear weak in front of their people. So. Some people are also putting forth the theory that it could be plastic surgery gone wrong. Really? Yeah. What was he getting his was he getting his tits redone? <laughs> That's that would not surprise me one yeah. bit. They don't say exactly what it was, but you know there's all, there's definitely been cuz you got to admit Putin looks pretty fucking good for 64. Oh, he looks amazing yeah. for 64. I think he might be 62, 62, 64, early 60s regardless. And um, yeah, he looks like one of those guys who's been on the HGH. Yeah. He looks like Sylvester Stallone does now. If you ever see the commercials for the uh, the human growth hormone, there's that doctor who is more ripped than ever before. And dare I say, sometimes just just go into the sunset fat. <laughs> do you have what, what are you you're leaving behind a, a, a good looking corpse you're dying of heart disease on the inside yeah there's no way that this human growth hormone is extremely healthy for your internal organs it's just not possible 70 year old people are not supposed to look like 30 year old people or in my case um am i supposed to look better yeah i'm 33 uh, you thir- look great for 33 whatever 60 you should look like me when you're 60 is what i'm saying <laughs> there's no reason to get all buff and go all Vladimir Putin uh, muscular crazy. See, for me, the most interesting theory as far as where Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin has been is the coup theory. Right, right. There's a possibility that he's, I mean, it's as far as what we know, he could be sick, he could be dead, right. or he could have been deposed in an internal coup. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of things that point towards this. First of all, uh, one of his closest allies, Chechen leader Ramzan Kadyrov. What was that again? Uh, Yam- Ramzan Kadyrov. Mazeltov? <laughs> Ramzan. Oh, okay. Uh, he tweeted, uh, or not tweeted, he put something out on Instagram with a caption that said, I am devoted to him as a person, and this regardless mm-hmm. of whether he is in his position or not. He's definitely pissed off a lot of people. There's no yeah. doubt about that. And maybe he's bitten off more than he can chew. I mean, his entire stay in office ever since he came in in 2000 after he after what he blamed the Chechnyans for the bombing there and that's mm-hmm. why he was able to ride in we talked about that many episodes ago the, basically the his entire administration is based on a lie and that's how he was able to uh, rise to power because he came in as a uh, as a wartime president because he started the war yeah which helps <laughs> um and uh, but 
anyway, what I was, well, what was I saying? Ooh, uh, about the, the Chechens? About the coup? We got the coup, yes. So he's definitely pissed off a lot of people. Obviously, the situation in Ukraine is not exactly going great. No. And I think there are people in Russia who have been extremely upset about his treating of political opponents and things like that. I would not be surprised to find out that when Boris was murdered, maybe Putin didn't actually do it, and they're trying to frame him for it. There's six people that uh, that the Russian administration has gone after um, that, they, that they are claiming may or may not have killed Boris, but they, they think they do. And the sixth suspect, he's alive and talking, and he's going to go in front of the jury, and he's going to have a, a full trial? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. I forgot. It was Russia. <laughs> yes, he blew himself up. He supposedly did. blew himself up after a standoff with police in the Chechen Republic. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. you know, I mean, people, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh. she died. <laughs> sure, she had a little bit of an overdose. Some people suspect foul play. That's possible. That was sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. You know. Kurt Cobain. Did, uh, did, you know, did Courtney do it? We don't know. Heroin overdose. We don't know. The one thing we know for sure is this guy definitely killed himself because he did it in the most typical way possible. He blew himself up (laughs) during a police standoff. How many times are we going to see these kids taking their own lives by blowing themselves up? In front of uh, a series of police who have their guns aimed at their head. <laughs> there yeah. was no way this guy was getting out of this situation alive. It, it said that he threw a grenade at police before mm-hmm. blowing himself up. Right. And that's very, and that's confirmed by the Russian press. It is actually confirmed. Everything, all right. of this has come out by state-run television. That's so you got to believe it. Oh, you have to believe it. Yeah, state-run mm-hmm. television actually fucked up uh, on, I think it was RT that fucked up. Russian uh, television. As far as uh, releasing information, they released a statement about this big meeting coming up tomorrow that Putin is supposed, that tomorrow is supposed to be when Putin finally reappears. Okay. This is his next big scheduled meeting comes uh, tomorrow tomorrow being uh monday the 16th so he's having his jesus easter moment yeah <laughs> he's gonna rise from the putin death and let everybody uh, and lead everybody in this meeting yeah it's supposed to be a, a meeting between uh russian and uh Kyrgyz presidents uh, in which they discuss trade investment cultural that type of stuff mm-hmm. uh, but rt re- accidentally released a story too early about the outcome of of the talks. Very interesting. Yeah. That's exactly what Vince McMahon did um, right before the <laughs> Royal Rumble when uh-huh. Rain won the Royal Rumble. I think we've talked about this before. There, before the Royal Rumble even took place, uh, there was a large WrestleMania billboard that had Rain in the main event. And of course, for anyone who understands pro wrestling, aka understands the real world, <laughs> they know if you win the Royal Rumble, of course, you're in the main event at WrestleMania. So everyone's like, oh my God, is Rain going to win or is this. Um, is this some sort of unbelievable uh, marketing campaign, marketing ploy? It turns out, no, it wasn't. Vince McMahon's a real idiot. Yeah, someone it, fucked up real bad. And you know what Vince McMahon also has? The body of a 30-year-old. His <laughs> brain's gone because his body is full of muscle. He's like a KFC uh, chicken right now. He's just all breast meat and no brain. Oh, yeah, man. Breast meat, no brain. That guy is a monster. He is a monster, and so is Putin, and he's killing everybody. So... Who else is on their uh, suspect list? Do we know? It's just uh, five other uh, Chechen Republic guys. So he's blaming it on the Chechens again. Oh, yeah. This is his go-to. Yeah, the Chechens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This There's- is what Stephen Urkel was in Family Matters. They, everyone just blame it on Stephen Urkel, that, mm-hmm. and that's the Chechens <laughs> in this situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these are all people that... Uh, 
are some of them were former law enforcement members. Um, this guy that killed himself, he was an offer, officer in the Chechen uh, police battalion. Did he have a history of depression? Probably not. Why would these people, <laughs> why do you rise to power, work so hard to get uh, in a position where you finally can have your opinions and voice matter? You can finally tell people what to do if you're only going to get to that position and blow yourself up in the middle of a public square. It yeah. makes no rational sense. This isn't the way that people kill themselves they jump in front of trains they take pills they shoot themselves in the head they throw a big party and spike their own drink i don't know (laughs) but there are better ways to kill yourself than blowing yourself up in the town square you get the feeling putin wanted everybody to know that he was dead Mm -hmm. and the best way to do it is to make him a human firework yeah and that's exactly what happened so crazy stories happening over in Russia. Nobody knows where Vladimir is right now. The Ukrainian uh, Russian situation continues to um, continues to kind of, it, it's sort of at a stalemate at this point. Um, there wasn't being, a lot of political, you know. I think Putin kind of bit off a little bit more than he can chew. Right now, there isn't an extreme amount of movement happening on either side. If he's dead, are you going to miss him? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing is, it's like with everything, right? So let's just say that Putin is gone in Russia. Who's filling the power vacuum? You have a similar situation in Libya right now. Gaddafi is dead. Everyone's so happy when it, when uh, someone shoved a knife up his ass and killed him with his own golden gun. We've talked about that, obviously, previously before. You know you've done something right and then extremely wrong to be killed by your own golden gun. Libya is a nightmare. Yeah. It's being taken over by, uh, you know... F- uh, extremist groups terrorist groups all those guns that we had that we gave them to fight uh to fight Gaddafi, they don't just expire it's not <laughs> you know it, it isn't inspector gadget who gets the memo and then this will self-destruct in 30 seconds no these guns will last for 40 years yeah. 50 years forever um the the one history when we're all said and done when the uh, human existence is gone there'll be some bones and then just guns oh. everyone's gonna be like i think humans were tanks <laughs> You know, they're going to think that we were actually Transformers. And, like, and then they had these weird, like, slave bone things all around. These big tanks controlled everything, and then they told these bone things to go and do random stupid odd jobs like work at McDonald's. They're going to think that we're ruled by these pieces of metal, and we are. Um, so that's what's happening in Libya. And I mean, obviously, we can talk at length with what happened, uh, you know, after Saddam left. We put in Maliki, who's a total fucking lunatic. And Ugh. then he, he messed up everything. So if Putin is gone, I would almost argue that the world is more insecure than, what, than if he was there. He's terrible. But again, it's the same thing I talk about with Kevin Barnett on a regular basis. If you're racist, let us know. You know, just be up front <laughs> with it. So then we know what we're talking to. Yeah. You know, we know what we're dealing with. If you're in the... If you're in... Uh, um, you know, if you're in the OSU frat, if you want to sing your, your your racist songs, please sing them out loud and not just in your head so I know how to address you. So I know that you're not a future friend or a future um, confidant. You're one of the people that's on the wrong side of life. Yeah. And I don't particularly care to hang out with you. So with Putin... We know he's a monster. We know he's a tyrant. We know he has more blood on uh, more uh, you know blood on his hands um, than a porn star who solely does virgin smut. <laughs> I mean, it's it's insane. This man's filthy, uh, but we know who he is, and we we know that um, we know how to treat him. We know how to deal with him because we understand there is a certain rationale to him yeah. that we've become accustomed to. And so, if he's gone, the next leader. The leader who kills Putin, how crazy do they have to be? <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't trust any of these individuals. So, but let's talk, let's go over to uh, another group of crazy leaders. Another uh, one leader specifically that's a, a bit of a nut job, although he's coming out 
smarter than 47 members of the U.S. government. And this is, of course, Ayatollah Khomeini, who was, uh, who was the recipient of a letter signed by 47 um, different, I believe it was senators and congressmen, mm-hmm. uh, signed on to this open letter because... Open letter should be kept to the people who want to write an open letter to the show Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt about how there's not enough diversity on the show. <laughs> That's what open letters are for. But no, yeah. these members of Congress, these members of Senate, John McCain was uh, one who signed on here. Mm. Um, there was a gal, Iote or whatever her name is, a big, big time people. And they sent the letter over to uh, Khomeini, or he got a hold of it. Because once again, it was an open letter, which is the most passive-aggressive letter. I hate the word open letter. Yeah, I hate it too. It's just an open letter to whoever wants to hear it. There's a reason I don't have a girlfriend. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't want, and I don't want any more. I don't want open. I don't want to read an open letter. Address the letter to me, yeah. Because you know they knew who it was going to, right? Of course. Was the letter to me? Oh, it was an open letter. So I guess, oh, they were they thinking of Ben Kissel and Marcus Parks when they wrote it? No, they had a target in mind. If you have a target, that's the person that you send it to. Yeah. Homini got the letter. He got the open letter, and he chastised these forty-seven Republicans. He made he bitch slapped them. So what was and the it was, context? What was the context? The context of, of the letter, letter was because okay, so Benjamin Netanyahu comes to speak in front of our Congress because right. he's in an insanely um, heated uh, political campaign over in Israel. He's it's very possible he'll lose. There's no guarantee. Right now, he actually looks like he's losing. And of course, he's using that. This is why when Benjamin Netanyahu came in and spoke to our Congress and these pieces of shit were standing and applauding a foreign leader in our Congress, that was treasonous, in my opinion. That was disgusting. Yeah. And I don't care if you don't like Obama. You have to respect the presidency as an institution. And I will always take the U.S. president's side over some crazy leader in the Middle East, which is exactly what Netanyahu is, regardless of what side um, you are on politically. The dude is nuts. Yeah. And he's fighting against another a whole other group of people who are also nuts but that doesn't make him not crazy so of course he's using that in his political campaigns now uh, about how he's law and order he's running on a um, very strong national defense campaign policy platform very um i mean just extremely islamophobic and just a disgusting campaign more of the same more of the same from benjamin netanyahu so that's so that was that um, that's why he came to, to Congress. People thought it was, you know, he, he was doing it for his own political, you know, game. And he definitely, and he definitely has. Um, so basically this letter, and of course, when he was at, when he was in front of Congress, he was discussing how he doesn't believe that the Iranians and the Americans should be discussing, uh, you know, the, uh, the nuclear deal that they have going on, right? He's like, it's terrible. And Iran has threatened and they continue to threaten to wipe Israel off the face of the planet. So I understand his point of view. Yeah. Right. It's like two, it's two friends who are both drunk and both assholes. And you're just the guy in the middle who is slightly less drunk and just a little (laughs) bit less of an asshole. And you're trying to choose sides. So there's both, you can pick out flaws in both of them. So basically, this letter was sent to the Ayatollah saying that regardless of what you arrange with Obama during his presidency, he's going to be gone in two years. And when we take office, every single thing that Obama promised you in this letter is going to be canceled. Oh, So they just totally undercut the deal. And uh, it 
it's not unprecedented. Nancy Pelosi in 2007 secretly went to go meet with Assad. Uh, she went and spoke to uh, to Assad, and it completely undermined uh, what the Bush administration was trying to do over there with him. So it's not unprecedented for, for leaders to go and undermine their own president whatsoever. But this was much more public. Pelosi did it extremely secret. These guys were very, again, open letter, you know, uh, openly signed. It has completely backfired. I think uh, the name of the guy is Cotton. Uh, the uh, the first term congressman that uh, that created the bill or that created the letter and he's getting a lot of blowback so basically what we have right now is 47 member 47 republicans who have let a foreign leader come into our government mock our president uh for his own political campaign that he's running over in israel then they try to undermine our president by writing a letter to the ayatollah who they have been adamantly against communicating with whatsoever which is why they did the open letter which is why they gave that lame ass open letter they didn't even address it to the guy which is so pathetic you know and so they have these two cases back to back and for me i don't it does it trumps their rat they don't even their argument isn't even irrational Mm. there is a good chance there is a obama basically is going to allow for a 10-year period a grace period where the iranians will be able to if they so choose to make nuclear weapons and i don't see why they wouldn't they're they're they are you know they they are an administration made up of human beings human beings looking out for their own best interest and some nuclear weapons would do them well you know if you know for their own causes so, but the Republicans have completely gotten rid of the rational argument that they were trying to make that Obama, the, the Obama administration is just kind of letting, leaving the next administration to deal with a possible nuclear around, which is a very serious issue. It'll change everything. And of course, it doesn't help that ISIS is, you know, destroying everything in the Middle East, you know, destroying monuments, which people seem more upset about the destruction of art than they do about the, you know, Coptic Christians being killed in Egypt. People, MSNBC, had an art uh, specialist come on. They were borderline weeping for these statues. I'm sorry. I don't. At the end of the day, make a new one. I, I don't know. I mean, it's old art. But at the, <laughs> no, you know, I, we, we, I mean, can, we can figure out how to make another statue, but we can't bring back to life right, uh, right. people. So bl- well, human bloodshed, in my opinion, was a little bit worse than ISIS ruining some art. But I love the yeah. art, and I understand what I mean, it's well, about. it's a little bit more than just art. I mean, it is stuff. It, I mean, yeah, it is. It's culture. It's yeah. culture from the beginnings of human civilization. Right, like, which, it's, it's as far as a cultural artifacts goes, it is among the most important in yes. humanity's history. I agree. I understand. Yes, I, I definitely. Definitely see that uh, you know people being upset about more upset about that than say you know like the murder of quite a few dozen maybe hundreds of hundreds thousands of uh, people is very upsetting indeed. Uh, but I don't think I mean I, it is weird. I, I've thought about that too. It's like how people get more upset in a movie if a dog dies right, just, yeah. than if uh, a kid. They can watch a human getting tortured mm. for an hour, but if a dog dies, then all they'll start crying. It's the saddest part of the movie, and they won't watch that movie again because. Because a dog dies in it. Right. I mean, if you really want to, if you want to write a serial killer and you really want to make your main villain unlovable, unlikable, have him kill a dog and then everybody is on board that that person is a demon. Yes. But if he kills 13 sorority girls, people are just like, can we more? They'll get a tattoo put on their body. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They'll love him. So it doesn't help that ISIS is over there. Iran is really kicking their ass. They're the major force, uh, which is another problem Republicans have. When the U.S. doesn't take the lead, other countries are obviously going to. And Iran is doing a great job of defeating ISIS. ISIS is actually losing a lot of ground. 
mostly because of the Iranian uh, involvement. So the the Rush, uh, so the um, the Republicans are just sort of in a tailspin because this is not normal. This is a very rare situation where the U.S. and Iran are fighting a common enemy, which is of course why big fat Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, he's not big fat. Chris Christie's big fat, moderately fat. Benjamin Netanyahu um, said, uh, "You know, the the what the enemy of your enemy is your enemy," which was his big his big line. And yeah, hey, kudo. Who writes that shit? The same guy who wrote for uh, Dolph Lundgren in every single uh, Universal Soldier movie. The enemy of my enemy is my enemy. Oh shit! I thought he was gonna say my friend, <laughs> but then he said enemy. Oh my god, genius, <laughs> Benjamin Netanyahu. Thank you. So that is sort of uh, where that's at. I mean, Obama was absolutely livid. These Republicans, you know, even Fox News has turned against them um, in a large way because it is, you know, it's hashtag uh, forty seven treason uh, or forty seven. Uh, yeah, I think it's just forty-seven treason, and uh, so people are people are very very upset, and it completely completely backfired. And you know, obviously Hillary has her troubles being the uh, the appointed nominee for the uh, for the Democratic Party, but I think that's all going to shake up. We should talk about that. we'll talk about that on a later date because I think we're uh, we're about out of time. So, but we'll see what happens with the uh, with what with the U.S. relations with Iran, regardless of what occurs. If Hillary does end up taking office. I guarantee you we're back to more, definitely back to more of a Bush administration approach with Iran. Obama is extremely, uh, he does cater to them more than any president. You know, I mean, ever since they came, ever ever since, what, 79, ever since the revolution, right? So uh, so people are just, you know, they're shocked. And I think the U, again, another perfect example of the Republican Party failing when you have the public support. The majority of Americans disagree with Obama and his dealing with Iran, they had the public support, and again, they fucked it up by writing an open letter, signing it with forty-seven names, and they made themselves. How are you going to be the na- How are you going to be the party of leadership when you can't even at the person? <laughs> when you write a letter at the person, send it to them. Don't open letter. That is such bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's the. It's like when you have a roommate. And you guys have just seen each other, and then you leave the apartment, and then they send you a text being like, "Can you do the dishes?" Tell me to my face. Yeah, and then I will say, "I will say no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing the dishes. Do you want to do the dishes? Oh, you don't either. It's a game now. <laughs> it's a game of how dirty can we meet, make these dishes? I can live in filth. Can you live in filth? Stalemate, my friend. That's right. Looks like one of us is going to have to get a girlfriend to do it. Mm-hmm. You didn't spend five years in a community college in Wisconsin, did you? <laughs> you don't understand how strong my filth level can be. <laughs> so that's where that's at. Um, all right. Well, Putin, come back. Putin, come back, indeed. And uh, let everybody um, let everybody see those beautiful pecs of yours. Uh, that is Marcus Parks on Twitter. Give him a follow. And I'm at Ben Kissel. Follow us on the Facebook page for Abling Top At. And uh, keep on supporting all the shows here on CCR. And we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>